Welcome to the Living Savior Sermon Webcast. We invite you to join us here for our worship service every Sunday at 10 a.m. Find out more at lsavior.org. Thank you for joining us today. The word of our Lord that is for our sermon meditation this morning from the Old Testament book, 2 Kings, chapter 2. You may follow along in the service folder, page 10. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets, went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly... A chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. This is the word of God. So, will you find it at the medal awards ceremony as the stars and stripes is being lifted up higher than the other two flags? Is that where you'll find it? Will you find it 
in an announcement in the local newspaper of the dean's list from this past semester. Will you find it there? Or is it in the fact that somebody's Instagram account gets more likes and has more followers than anybody else? Is that where you'll find it? Where in our world will you find glory? Depends upon who you ask, right? Depends upon what your priorities are, what your, what your values are. You're sitting where you are today because you care about what God's priorities are and what God values. And you're hearing that God, in his word, absolutely points to glory. Except he doesn't point to the usual places or the usual persons. God doesn't speak of the glory of the of the fastest or the smartest or the most clever or the most liked, when God speaks of glory, he always invariably points to his son, Jesus. So in the gospel for the day, Jesus is transfigured before witnesses which is a fancy word that means that for one shining moment, he showed his dazzling glory as the Son of God. St. Mark is telling us that his clothes became whiter than anybody in the world could bleach them. Uh, St. Luke says that his clothes became like a flash of lightning. And St. Matthew says that his face shone like the sun. That's the glory of the Son of God. That's extraordinary. But there's still the question, where in our world will you find glory? Where will you find glory when you and I are not having a mountaintop experience with the Lord Jesus Christ? For the answer, watch Elijah with me. Watch how, he, how Elijah lives and watch how Elijah leaves. As a matter of fact, what you're going to find out is things that the Lord says about Elijah are often shared by you and me. And I'll put it this, this directly, this bluntly. Based on the Word of God, it's a glorious experience it's a glorious experience wherever the Lord sends you and whenever the Lord takes you. The Lord sent Elijah to stand before the most wicked king in the history of the children of Israel and to tell that king what he didn't want to hear. He said to the king, there will be no more rain or dew in the land for several years. And what he said was true. There was no rainfall for the crops. There was no dew in the morning ground to, to, to give a little moisture to the soil. There were no harvests. There was no food. There were no such blessings from God for a king and for a nation that had turned their back on him. Elijah told somebody powerful what he didn't want to hear. That's extraordinary. 
That's glorious. The king's wife went off into a rage. And to lift up, lift up her own prophets, she began to kill off the Lord's prophets. So remember this? The Lord brought the prophet Elijah out of hiding, and he challenged her liars to a showdown. They went up on Mount Carmel. The 450 prophets of Baal, they stood by their altar and continued to speak their lies about their God. Elijah stood by his altar, spoke the truth about the Lord, and the Lord vindicated his offering, accepted it with fire from the sky. That's glorious, to speak the truth when nobody else is. That's extraordinary. The next-door neighbor to this wicked king and, and, and queen refused to give them or sell them his family's prized in vineyard. So the, the king, he whined to his wife about it, and she got the wheels in motion, and she had the next-door neighbor murdered, and she took the vineyard. So the Lord sent Elijah. And he stood before a wicked king and, and powerful queen. And he told them that God will not be defied. He told them that their dynasty and their kingdom would come to a terrible end. When you speak to tru the truth, even to those who like it not, that's extraordinary. That's glorious. Now our reading, the Lord has opened up the last chapter in the life of Elijah. He's now old and gray, and he knows that his days are few. An ordinary man at that time, well, what might he do? He might, re he might, he might retreat. He might go off somewhere just to relax, reflect on the meaning of his life, write his memoirs, maybe relentlessly try to figure out how to extend his days on this earth. Not Elijah. He goes where the Lord sends him. And the Lord sends him to this place called Gilgal, where there's a, a school of the prophets, a company of prophets, people that were going to speak the truth, even in a land that nobody liked it. And, and, and he encourages them and he teaches them. And then he says, the Lord has sent me to, to Bethel, another school of the prophets, because there will be people who will continue to preach and continue to teach in the name of the Lord. And there's 50 men at the school of the prophets in Jericho, and the Lord sends Elijah, and he goes to build them up in the truth because those men, after Elijah is gone, those men will stand before kings and queens and husbands and wives and, and sons and daughters and even tell them what they don't want to hear. Those men will tell them about their guilt before God. Those men will speak the truth and turn them back to the Lord for his forgiveness. Those men at that school will go out and they will speak of the Messiah, the one whom God promised to rule forever in grace and mercy and give himself up. That's extraordinary. 
that's glorious, to do this to the very last days of one's life. Another question. Is the Lord sending you to a school of the prophets? Or just as legit, are you sending, encouraging someone else to go to a school of the prophets? Absolutely, I've got some schools in mind. In our humble little church body, there are schools whose sole purpose is to train those who will speak the truth of God to those who like it and to those who like it not. Martin Luther College in Frigid, Minnesota is a school of the prophets. There are women and men attending that school and they're learning how to become teachers. So they're learning how to teach children reading, writing, and arithmetic. And they're learning how to teach young people history and social studies and science and, and, and how, to, how, to, how to perform in sports and they're learning how to nurture little ones in preschools. But every one of those future teachers is also studying God's Word. Because as a primary thing in their ministry, they will speak the truth of God to those young people, to those children, to those little ones, and tell them the truth of Jesus. That's extraordinary. That's glorious. Roughly half of the young men that attend Martin Luther College are studying history and music and, 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 and composition and literature and, and the Bible's original languages, and then they enroll in another school of the prophets. In, in our church body, it's Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary, and they study the Word of God more intensively than, than they ever have before. And they learn how to preach, and they learn how to teach, and they learn how to counsel in the name of Jesus with, with the gospel, the good news, front and center. And then the Lord sends them to do the extraordinary and speak the truth to those who like it and to those who like it not. That's glorious. That's glorious. Are you sending someone? Or if you still have that opportunity, are you being sent to a school of the prophets that you might be trained by an Elijah to do that very thing? Maybe the Lord is sending you to another vocation or already has sent you. Maybe he sent you to um, provide nursing care for the sick or those recovering from surgery. Maybe he sent you to supervise others in their daily tasks so that they would do them capably and honestly and on time for a, a business. Maybe he's sending you to crunch numbers on a spreadsheet so that that business can manage its finances wisely and well. Maybe he sent you to, to, to uh, to help somebody get from point A to point B by, by, by fixing their car or selling them a new truck. When that's done, recognizing the gifts and abilities that God has given you, and when that's done in the humility that the Lord demonstrates to you every day, that's glorious, that's extraordinary. 
when you have those opportunities, whatever your vocation is, to speak the truth, the truth of God, that's exceptional. Has he sent you to be a mother of little babies, a grandpa to teenage grandsons? Has he sent you to be a friend, a God-fearing friend, a friend who will tell the truth even when others might not want to hear it? That's extraordinary. When it's connected to your Lord Jesus Christ, that's glorious. Elijah was being sent, so he goes to Gilgal and Bethel and Jordan, the, the Jordan, Jericho via the Jordan River. This great indicator that God is present here. Remember how God ushered the Israelites safely across the Jordan, parting the waters for them. Now Elijah indicates God is at work. He strikes the same river with his coat and the water parts. And he, uh, he and Elisha cross on dry ground. And then the prophet is taken. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. And there you go. You've got the other answer to the great question. In all of the history of God's people, over thousands of years recorded in Scripture, who were the only two individuals who did not experience death. You maybe thought of the other one already. In the book of Genesis, the Holy Spirit tells us Enoch walked with God and he was no more because God took him. And now here, Elijah, taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. Extraordinary. Glorious. But is that all that different from how the Lord will take you and me? We will acknowledge that dying is a terrible thing. Dying follows after the fact that Adam disobeyed the Lord in the garden. And it was a consequence of his sin. Dying follows the fact that we have inherited from Adam his sinful mortal nature. Dying follows after the fact that you and I, each day of our lives, get off the path of what God commands us to do and not do, to say and not say. In the words of Jesus' apostle, death is the wages of sin, but The moment that a child of God dies, the Heavenly Father remembers his child and gathers his or her soul to himself. I might be, at the moment of my death, I might be lying in a hospital, dead, hospital bed hooked up to, to flashing and beeping monitors. Who knows, when you're dying, you might be 
suffering from an illness in hospice care. A loved one may die suddenly, unexpectedly, an unexpectedly, an accident on a roadway, a heart attack, a fatal stroke. God says clearly in his word that at the moment of death, there's no waiting. There's no limbo. There's no, I don't know where this person is. No, he says clearly in scripture that his angels come, his mighty holy angels, and they escort your soul and mine as well to be with Jesus, to be at rest, to be at peace, to be content. And then the last day comes and mighty King Jesus comes back to this earth and he raises from the grave all who have died and he gathers them together with all those who have believed in him and he takes you and he takes me now body and soul united to be with him forever to receive our inheritance to, to, to sit down with him at the wedding feast to enjoy the company of all the other saints, to be perfected, completed. No more death or mourning or crying or pain. No more ever not seeing the face of our God. That, you can't say it another way. That's extraordinary. That's glorious. Elijah came back. What? Elijah came back. Jesus is appearing on the mountain, his clothes whiter than anyone could bleach them, his face shining like the sun, and suddenly there was standing with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, and they were talking with him, we're told, about Jesus' departure. And they're talking about the fact Jesus is not going to be taken up into heaven in a whirlwind. He's going to go up to Jerusalem. And there, true God and true man, he's going to suffer for sinners. And he's going to give up his life, shed his blood on the cross and die. And he will be raised. And he will teach that company of the prophets, his apostles, for 40 more days. And then he will ascend to the right hand of the Father. Must have been quite a conversation. What they were talking about was extraordinary. It was glorious. You and I are looking forward to that same conversation. God will speak to us not only through prophets, but through apostles during the season of Lent. And he will tell us about the work of Christ on our behalf. And we will see the depth of his love, and we will see his humility, and we will watch him die and recognize again, he rose. Glorious. Lent is that very humble, quiet time, but never far apart from that, the glorious ministry of Christ to us, who then sends us out, you, me as well, to speak the truth, even to those who don't want to hear it, until that day 
he takes us to heavenly glory. God bless us to that glorious end. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our sermon webcast. I'm Pastor Caleb Kerbis. To discuss today's sermon or to discover more about our ministry, visit our website at lsavior.org. Thank you again for joining us, and may God bless your day.